Just because a picture is worth a thousand words doesn't mean you have to spend a thousand dollars or more to get great senior pictures or family pictures or pet pictures. Graduation parties all the rage now in the summertime. Let Flash's O-Fun take those photographs that adorn the invitation to your grad party when it's time to prepare for next year's grad party. So if you're a high school junior or senior in the Hilliard, Dublin, Jonathan Alder, or Marysville school districts, go to flashesofun.com, flashesofun.com, and become a a senior ambassador. Speaking of saving money, thanks to Kurtz Brothers for returning $85,000 to the local economy via 38% discounts on bulk mulch purchases. People have received their discounts in the form of a Visa gift card, which you can use to support small businesses in the state of Ohio. Get your discount by booking online at kbcolumbus.com and using the promo code KBCARES. On the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Ryan's kids are pretty young. Um, he's pretty young. And I will be shocked if he doesn't coach in the NFL someday. But my main point was it, it is funny when you when something like the Alabama game is scheduled and you have a guy like Ryan Day, the I think the inclination initially is like he won't be here. Yeah. But I think he's only 41. He could put in a good decade here and still have plenty of time to get to the NFL. And in putting in a good decade here, he would give his kids a home, a foundation. We're not moving around. We have one place. No matter. Yeah, that's uh, Doug Maurice, Cleveland.com, who joined the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast on Wednesday. If you didn't catch it, uh, go back and find it. Spreaker SoundCloud. Stitcher, any of your favorite podcast platforms. Yes, of course, iTunes and Google Play. Good morning. It is a Friday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Uh, solo today, Spiels on vacation. I didn't want to bother Spiels and have him join on the phone. Jason Lloyd of The Athletic was um, my hope for guest today, but that did not work out schedule-wise. Uh, really appreciate Doug coming on on Wednesday. A lot of great OSU football talk, and we'll talk more about the Buckeyes today. And Ryan Day coaching in the NFL. Well, I did recheck with uh, the friend of Ryan's uh, that is a mutual friend of mine and relayed to him uh, what Doug LaMarie said about Ryan coaching a decade here. And the response I got back was, uh, let's just say it was not encouraging for that scenario. But the more pressing matter as we begin today's podcast is, will Ryan Day get to coach football at Ohio State this fall? Because as we see a spike in COVID-19 positive tests, not just across the country, Texas, Arizona, pretty much every major city where there were, perhaps coincidentally, perhaps not, lots and lots of protests, uh, the numbers are starting to increase in positive tests. Now, I say positive tests, and I think when people hear that, oh, there's a spike, I think people hear a spike and they associate it with the death numbers and the uh, intensive care numbers and all those things that we grew to dread hearing about in March and April and think that a spike in positive tests means a spike in serious cases and deaths. There's a huge difference between the two. And I'm not saying one will or will not lead to the other. What I try to do here on the podcast, 
uh, when Chris is with me or when I'm solo, is give you my best analysis of what the facts mean and what they'll lead to. And I think because college football, college, college-age kids, uh, you would have parents involved when you have college-age kids. They have agency with their kids, and you know, it's not like the kids are making the decisions apart from the parents. I think the spike in numbers is a threat to college football happening at all this fall. The NFL is going to play. Chris has said that many times. I can't imagine a scenario where the NFL doesn't play unless a high-profile NFL player would get COVID-19 and would die or come close to dying from COVID-19. Maybe that would change things. But in college, I don't think we need that degree of uh, anxiety to have colleges back off because you've got, you know, with the pros, you've got, it's football. It's pure football. With colleges, there's the whole matter of can you play football if you can't have students? And that's a problem. And when you put young people together, and look, I mean, <laughs> the Ohio numbers, 892 positive tests is uh, the fourth highest number since March. Double the four-day average. And Mike DeWine said yesterday that, oh, gee, we notice a big difference in the numbers from the Cincinnati and Dayton areas. Well, gee, what happened about two weeks ago in the Cincinnati and Dayton areas among people aged 20 to 49? You know what happened, the protests. Okay, so you got a lot of people out and about associating with each other, whether they have masks on or not. I'm not going to argue the mask thing anymore. I can see where it might help. The problem they have with the masks is initially they made a decision to say masks don't help. And the reason they said that, and they admitted it recently, was because they were afraid everybody would go out and hoard masks, and then the healthcare people wouldn't have masks. So I sort of get it, but they should have just appealed to people's um, goodness and said, look, you know, masks help, but we can't afford you to go out and grab masks because the healthcare workers need the masks. So just stay home. And I think everybody would have complied with that, but instead they lied to everybody. Oh, masks don't help. And a lot of people were like, wait a minute, a month ago you told me masks don't help, now you tell me masks are essential. So they made their case that people should wear masks a harder sell. And I saw Adam Jardy from The Dispatch tweeting today that he was in a Chipotle yesterday and he was one of very few people in there who had a mask on. If I'd been in there, I wouldn't have had a mask on because I'm not afraid of getting COVID. I'm healthy. I was going to say I'm young and healthy. I'm not as young as I uh, would like to be, but nobody is, are they? So, but I just, I don't fear it. And I hate wearing a mask, and so I've made a personal decision, and you can say it's a selfish decision. Guess what? I get to make my own decisions, and so do you. And so are we going to have the fortitude to power through positive tests and continue college football? I don't know. It's going to be a weird year if, let's say, Ohio State loses a game because Justin Fields is COVID positive and they won't let him play. And so Ohio State trots, you know, Gunner Hoke out there for Penn State, or they trot, you know, Jack Miller or C.J. Stroud out there for Penn State, and Penn State happens to win the game, and that's how Penn State gets in the Big Ten title game. And is that a fair representation? No, because they didn't play Ohio State at full strength. But you know, people will they'll be guess what? We'll find something to disagree about, right? Well, if Justin Fields set out with a high ankle sprain, eh, it wouldn't matter. 
So I just, I'm becoming, I'm not predicting there won't be college football. I'm just saying I'm becoming increasingly skeptical that we will have college football at least starting in September because of this spike in COVID tests. So that's our first story today. Now let's get to story number two. Speaking of football, really interesting story on Bengals.com by Jeff Hobson. I've known Jeff for a long time. He did a really nice story, a really interesting story on Joe Burrow and Jimmy Burrow, his father, and how Joe Burrow is preparing for the season at home in Athens. They don't have a reporting date yet for the Bengals. They think it'll be in late July. But he is throwing with two young men, two twin brothers who were mainstays on the Plains high school team that Joe Burrow took to the state championship game uh, back when he won Mr. Football. So I'd highly encourage you to go read that story. And what I'm thinking is going to be very interesting this fall is to see the chemistry between Joe Burrow, A.J. Green, and T. Higgins when none of the three of them have worked together before and none of the three of them have operated in an offense run by Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. There are those who think that while the Bengals have a little bit of an edge on the Browns because Kevin Stefanski is coming into his first year in Cleveland and Zach Taylor's been in Cincinnati a year. True, but the Bengals are going nowhere if they can't get the passing game going. They got a rookie quarterback, which introduces a whole bunch of its own challenges. But I wouldn't doubt Joe Burrow's work ethic. I wouldn't doubt Joe Burrow's mastery of the playbook. I wouldn't doubt Joe Burrow's ability to forge chemistry with his wide receivers. And the talent is certainly there with Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green. And T. Higgins appears to be a talented guy. So I think the Bengals are in pretty good shape. Those of you who are Browns fans are going, what about the Browns? Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham are wildly talented. They are wildly talented. How do you feel about their work ethic? How do you feel about their diligence to inconvenience themselves and their recreational pursuits and everything else? How do you feel about guy? all three of those guys, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, and Baker Mayfield, are all bigger stars, bigger personalities than Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, or A.J. Green? Doesn't mean they might not be better football players. It just means they're bigger personalities and they have other things they're into in addition to their football. I think this is going to be a year where you're going to need to be fully devoted to football at a time of year now, the past couple of months, where in the past you've been able to sort of ease off the accelerator and worry about your branding and get in your vacation and do your thing and all that. So... While the Browns have a more talented roster than the Bengals, and this is not a comment on Kevin Stefanski being a bad hire as head coach, I just think the Bengals' key personnel are more single-minded in their devotion to football, less distracted, however you want to say it. Miles Garrett, he's got distractions on the defensive side coming back from his uh, assault of Mason Rudolph, and also having a somewhat divided mind thinking about signing a big contract with the Browns. So there's a lot that I like about the Cincinnati Bengals. I still don't know if Zach Taylor's a good football coach as a head football coach in the NFL. I know he's a good coordinator, but I don't know if he's a good head coach. And if he's not a good head coach, no amount of Joe Burrow's diligence, no amount of A.J. Green's talent, no amount of the Bengals being 
fully concentrating on football is going to change uh, and compensate for the fact that Zach Taylor is, if he is, in fact, not a good head coach. We will see. Before I get to story number three, a reminder that Hemisphere Coffee Roasters is the official coffee of the Spielman and Hooley podcast. Big box of Hemisphere Coffee Roasters K-Cups making my car smell like Nirvana. Spiels will grab it when he comes back, and he will uh, then try to keep it away from his minions. You know the drill. You know how to order. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. You know the discount code. We tackle life in all caps. And you also know that you can donate your discount back to COVID-19 relief by just noting in the comments section, hey, I'm a Spielman and Hooley listener, but I'll pay full price. And you donate the difference back to COVID-19 relief. Hemisphere did that early on, and they did it again last week uh, as for COVID-19 relief today because Spiels is not here and because he's the one funding the COVID-19 relief checks. I'm going to take a pause, and also because... He wants to get people paid ASAP, and his wife Carrie does the heavy lifting on getting people paid ASAP. And they're on vacation, and I don't want them thinking like, oh, i got to do this on vacation and all that. So we're going to table the COVID-19 giveaway until next week. And I made that executive decision. I didn't check with him. So that's where we are with that. Uh, but we want to congratulate our winners, and it gives you another week to get nominations in at SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. Spielman Hooley podcast at gmail.com. All right, story number three today. You have to be a subscriber to read it in great detail, a subscriber to theathletic.com. But it is a story, an outstanding story, as many of them are that are written by Aaron Portsline. I don't mean that some of them are not. I just mean that Porty has, <laughs> you know, there's a difference between a home run and a grand slam. Porty, pretty much every time he sits down, hits a home run. Sometimes he hits a grand slam. His Artemi Panarin story from years ago was an absolute grand slam. This story with Dan Fritchie today, former Blue Jacket, the first Ohio-born Blue Jackets player from the Cleveland area, is also a home run, but it's not a feel-good story. It is a really ugly story. Uh, Dan Fritchie is confirming many of the details in what's going to be a class action lawsuit from Daniel Carcillo about his treatment as a youth hockey player. And the circumstances that Dan Fritchie outlines that happened to him as a youth hockey player, it's always intrigued me that kids um, like Dan Fritchie uh, get sent away to play junior hockey in Canada uh, when they're in their teens and, you know, there's, there's a quaint, cool side to that story where you're living with a, for lack of a better term, an adoptive family that these junior hockey teams, you know, small towns, mid-sized towns, your Springfields, Mariettas, Coshocktons of the Canadian provinces have these junior teams and they adopt these kids. And that's the feel-good part of it. The really disgusting part of it is, according to Dan Fritchie, how players who are new to those teams are hazed and abused and just treated in despicable, deplorable, disgusting ways that the coaches allow. And that, you know, hockey's a, a man's game, and um, I guess that's seen as a rite of passage 
in the era where Dan Fritzy was playing. He's 35 years old now. He's got a wife and two little boys. But, man, it's just disgusting. And um, you just wonder what what people are, all people are depraved. <laughs> we all have that bent to us, that mob mentality that, well, they're going, they're doing this, one guy's doing it. You know, in leadership training, I've learned, it takes about 3 to 10% of the people to change a culture for good. But guess what? It also takes 3 to 10% of a culture to change it for bad, for bad. And if you get an alpha male leader who's going to haze guys and throw eight guys in a restroom on a bus, I'm trying to think if I can, you know, I don't want to, I like the fact that everybody can listen to our podcast. So they throw these, so I don't want to, like, disgust you. If you want to go read the story, you can. But but I do have to give you some context as to what's going on here that I'm talking about. So they throw these guys in the, imagine this. I don't even know how you fit eight guys in a bus restroom, naked, and they throw an item in there and they make them fight over it, and whoever comes up with the item gets to leave the restroom first. That's disgusting. Okay, that's disgusting. And that's tame compared to some of the stuff in this story. So just, man, I, I really hope Dan Fritchie has found a peace with it. But you know what? Let me, let me commend him because when bad things happen to you, you can make a personal decision to let them impact you for the rest of your life and, and rule your life. They're always going to impact you in your life. But rule your life or you can vow to make a difference. And that's how you can push back. Dan Fritchie is vowing to make a difference. And so he owns a youth hockey club in the Cleveland area, and he monitors the treatment of the coaches to the players closely, and he does not allow coaches to do anything to damage the self-esteem of his players. He says in this story by Aaron Portsline that he's gotten rid of two coaches already, that he will not allow coaches, let alone do these horrendous things that were done to him, but he will not allow coaches to crush the self-confidence of young players. Good for Dan Fritchie. That is how you fight back. That is how you make a difference. The people at Willis Spangler Starling are making a difference, standing up for what is right, doing great work with those of you who have legal issues and life comes at you fast. Reality hits you hard, bro. Sometimes you need an attorney. You need somebody to stand up for your rights and argue on your behalf. And that's what Willis Spangler Starling does. If you have workers' compensation issues, you have a disability, Social Security issues, wills and estate planning, that's really important. Man, don't let the state rule your estate. Your family's going to get left out in the cold on that one. Everybody needs a will. Everybody needs um, to take care of their medical situation, medical power of attorney. Willis Spangler Starling can handle that. Personal injury employment law, anything and everything. One of the marks of having your life buttoned up and all the things taken care of that you should have taken care of is that you have a go-to law firm that you know stands for integrity, character, and will have your back. That is Willis Spangler Starling. Find them online, willisattorneys.com. They're in Hilliard. Very, very, very easy to find. All right, we're going to have Major League Baseball on July the 24th, it's a 60-game season, and I don't know how I'm supposed to take this seriously because 60 games in a typical 
regular Major League Baseball season is a number of games that none of us who have been baseball fans over the years would equate with a representative sample of what we're going to get for an entire baseball season. As we always say, you know, you got to wait till the All-Star break to really see whether a team that starts out hot is legit or whether this guy who's, you know, hitting more home runs than he's ever hit before, this pitcher who's 9-1, and one, can he sustain that over the second half of the season? This is going to be a sprint. It's going to be baseball played like you've not seen it played before. Like the Tampa Bay Rays last year, like, started this trend in baseball where they throw, like, relievers, you know, for this guy for an inning, this guy for an inning, this guy for an inning, and they did that day after day after day. You're going to see that. You're going to see starting pitchers go four innings. You're going to get basically what you get from the middle of spring training on for at least the first 15, 20 games. And that's not all. Not the, you know, the delay in starting, now it's summer training, not spring training, is going to bring its own adjustments to baseball. But you're going to see the designated hitter in the National League. And here's the biggie. I thought this was a joke when I saw it on Twitter. But then I looked at who did it and I who tweeted it and I looked at the blue check mark and I'm like, no, that's legit. And I asked a couple of buddies about it the other day and they're like, yeah, that's legit. When a game goes to extra innings, they're going to put a runner on second base to start the 10th inning. So I don't mean this in a bad way. Because I played fast-pitch softball, and I love fast-pitch softball, but that's what they do in women's fast-pitch softball. Is they put a runner on second base, because in fast-pitch softball, it's rare to score. In MLB, it's not that rare to score, but they're like, the excuse I've heard for this is, well, we want to shorten the games because we don't want the players to be around each other. Imagine if they were around each other for a 16 or a 17-inning game. Oh, we'd spread COVID. If you're playing... Nine innings, don't give me the, well, we can't play 16 innings because of COVID. Give me the, we want to get off the field, we want to save our pitcher's arms. Tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. So these experimental rules in a season that's barely one-third of what a regular season is, I just can't get excited about it. I can't get excited about it. People say, what if the Indians win the World Series? Well, okay, good. If the Indians win the World Series, good. That would be good. Whoever wins the World Series will say it's a legit season. Whoever does not win the World Series will say it's not a legit season. So Major League Baseball back on July the 24th. Uh, if we do have college football, uh, here's a story that you'll want to pay close attention to. We do not often think about the personal toll of coaching, of playing. Ryan Day, Doug Maurice referred to that in our open to the podcast that, you know, coaching is now become a family decision, a quality of life thing for the family. Well, Wake Forest coach Dave Clawson is going to be making a family decision for the good of his wife, Catherine, if Wake Forest plays football this year. When they start camp, whenever that is in July, Dave Clawson presumably will kiss and hug his wife Catherine on his way out the door, and he will not be in her presence again until the end of the season. That is because Catherine Clausen underwent chemotherapy treatment in 2017, and Dave Clausen, hanging around a bunch of young 
Wake Forest football players and a football staff, and those players will most likely, if the scenario progresses as we expect, be around other college students and things of that nature. Dave Clawson is making a decision to not put his wife in harm's way because of her compromised immune system. So um, my heart goes out to Dave Clawson and his wife because uh, my wife and kids are away here for a brief time, and I can't imagine being away from them for four or five months. Uh, that would be horrible. That would be absolutely horrible. A couple of other little notes before we get to the faith segment of the podcast. Zeke Elliott, former Buckeye, is being sued by his pool woman uh, who says she was bitten and assaulted by Zeke's three dogs. Uh, Zeke denies this. She is seeking $200,000 in damages. Uh, I've had a neighbor who was uh, bitten by a dog, attacked by a dog, and it's a horrible thing. Psychologically, it's a horrible thing. Um, so hopefully uh, if this happened, uh, this woman finds peace because that is not something. That was one of my biggest fears as a guy who had a paper route as a kid. My brother got attacked by a dog, and I was always afraid. It took me a long time to get to the point. I didn't have dogs until I was an adult because dogs kind of like, I was like, eh. Gotta watch, gotta watch that. But now we have, we have, now we have big mean dogs of our own, and they're adorable. But only if they know you, only if they know you. <laughs> and finally, a sad note, a sad, sad note. And I'm serious. This is a sad note because I, you know, we've talked about businesses and small businesses and our heart for small businesses. Chuck, this is not a small business, but this is an iconic business. Chuck E. Cheese has declared bankruptcy. The Chuck E. Cheese pizza chain. Um, that's got to be COVID-related because Chuck E. Cheese, you know, that's a great place to take your kids. They get the little worthless prizes with all the tickets, and they play the video games. And, you know, there are some knockoff Chuck E. Cheeses. There's in Arizona, there's Peter Piper Pizza. Uh, I'm sure there are others. But Chuck E. Cheese is the gold standard. It was the trendsetter, the first one. And I would hate to see Chuck E. Cheese go out of business. I would hate to see that. And um, But it's a challenging time, man. We're going to see a lot of businesses fail because of COVID. And if it respikes, if, it, if the spike, the respike that is hinted by some of these current test numbers, if that proves to be problematic, and I'm not saying it will be problematic, but if it proves to be problematic and we got to go into shutdown again, that's going to be horrible on a bunch of fronts, economically, psychologically. Uh, we need to, you know, we're, we're wigging out as a country because we're just out of our routine and we're social animals. And I, I, I love Zoom. Zoom has been a good um, revelation, but I don't want to live on Zoom. And I don't think you want to live on Zoom. I like seeing my buddies. I like seeing my friends at church. I like going to graduation parties. I don't want to be in the midst of a virtual life afraid of catching COVID-19. So um, sad to hear about Chuck E. Cheese. Sad to hear about any small business that closes. In that vein, if you have challenges as a small business owner, and I told you a couple of weeks ago about Tony, who I met in line at Lowe's, who runs Exotica Florist in Hilliard. Tony talking about the challenges that he has as a small business owner, and I steered him as I would steer you now to auiinfo.com. In Akron, Chrissy, Steve, Julie, 14 other people on staff there. They're a small business themselves. They understand your challenges, which probably involve 
health insurance, or HR. Those have got to be in the top three, four, five things you deal with as a small business owner. So why deal with them? Why not let a specialist like AUI Info deal with them? You say, well, I can't afford it. Yeah, you can. You can't not afford it because AUI charges the health insurance company to partner with you. All these health insurance companies are competing for employees. AUI is a broker, and they will find the right health insurance provider for your employees, and the health insurance provider will pay AUI. You will not. And then AUI can also help you with Julie, their HR specialist, because, hey, you make a mistake in hiring someone, separating from someone, um, reprimanding someone, navigating through recalling someone from unemployment and they don't want to come or they're worried about COVID or whatever, you're like, what do I do? Well, I wish there was someone I could call. There is. AUIinfo.com, AUIinfo.com. They'll serve any small business in the state of Ohio. They're licensed throughout the state of Ohio. So please, please, please reach out to Chrissy and Steve and Julie at AUIinfo.com and tell them you heard about them. Of course, tell them you heard about them on the Spielman and Hooley podcast. So as we end today with the face segment of the podcast, uh, I was trying to think um, what I can say to you to be an encouragement to you. And honestly, to be an encouragement to myself. Um, this is such a, a rancorous, um, angry time in our country. I love our country. I don't love our country more than I love God. I don't love our country that much, but I love our country, and I believe our country was given to us by God, and that we have been blessed by God, and that he had, uh, that he um, raised up special men to found our country and to give us a wisdom in the founding of our country uh, that no other country in the world has ever had. I think it's why we've been able to raise more people out of poverty and incorporate all kinds of minorities into our country, whether it's Italians, uh, Polish people, people of all religions, people of all faiths, African-Americans. That's the hot issue now with racism alleged around every corner. But America is a great country. It gives you a chance, an opportunity to triumph over all kinds of challenges. So I think what we're seeing is we're seeing the desire for people to be treated fairly which is a very uh, admirable and supportable thing, I think we're seeing it co-opted by people who are not being honest about what they really stand for and what they really want. I don't think they know what kind of system these Marxists want, but I think they just want to tear down what we have. And so I can get really discouraged by that uh, because I love our country and because I worry about the future of my children. Um, so I was thinking, what do I say to the people to encourage them? What do I say to Christians who listen to this podcast? And I thought, well, um, two guys that I have a great admiration for in the Bible are, uh, Peter and Paul. They have, um, <laughs> they have many, I have many of the same character traits, <laughs> combativeness, uh, awkwardness, um, zeal, misplaced zeal. And so when I'm looking through the Bible this morning, I'm looking for, I go to those uh, books of the Bible written by those guys, 
and try to find in those books things that I think will encourage you. So uh, one of the great things about every Paul letter in the Bible is that he starts with a greeting and a prayer, and he tells people what he's praying for for them. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul says in Ephesians 1, 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I love that. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you can know the hope to which he has called you. And then in Philippians, uh, Paul is praying once again for the people. Philippians 1, verse 9. This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Repeating that, this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Man, is that important now. Knowledge and depth of insight. Um, be a discerning person. Be a kind person. Be a listening person. And these are challenges that I have. You know me. You know I have a tendency to, like Paul, like Peter, spout off, be impetuous, I'm trying not to be that. I'm trying to be a discerning person. But that does not mean, at least I have not felt a call on my heart to not stand for truth. I think we have as Christians in this country been remiss that we have allowed the battle for morality on many fronts to be lost, to be lost because we are afraid to say, that's wrong, not because I say it's wrong, but because God says it's wrong. We are called to stand for truth. Paul says in that prayer, your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Knowledge of knowledge and depth of insight on Actions that are, I'm not a policeman on morality for my sake. I'm a policeman on morality. Well, I'm not really a policeman on morality. But I, I stick up for truth, It's a better way to phrase it, because of how destructive it is to the people who are engaged in behaviors that are immoral. And you can say, wow, what business is it of yours? Well, you know what? You want tolerance and you want this, that, and the other, the greatest way you can love someone is to save them from self-destructive behavior. And yes, I believe the Bible is truth. I know it is truth. I do not doubt God's love for me gave his son to die for me. And so because I'm called to love you, When you are engaged in behavior that is self-destructive, that is why, I will admit Christians don't always do this in a loving way, 
But that is why we say, no, please, please don't do that. Please don't abort your child. Please don't. Yeah, come on. Many other things I could go into here. I don't want to get caught in the weeds of a this, that, and the other thing. When I say morality, you know what umbrella that covers. And it doesn't, and it covers, you know, sleeping around on your wife or husband. And it covers sleeping around outside of marriage. It covers a lot of things. Don't just personalize it to something you're not tempted by. Look at yourself hard. Cleanse yourself. Take care of those situations. So um, I hope that encourages you. I just can't en- enough say. I'm, I'm in this. This time in America scares me. But I will not compromise on truth. And what I believe God puts on my heart. And if you want me to apologize for that, you'll never hear it. Because I will not apologize for standing for the truth of God. Because the Bible says, you know, those who deny me before men, them will I deny before my Father in heaven. And that is not something that I am going to even introduce as a possibility on Judgment Day. So, that's the Friday podcast. We'll give away the $1,000 in COVID-19 relief again next Friday. Spiels will be back Monday. I look forward to seeing him. I'm sure you look forward to hearing him. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Talk to you again soon.